Hello, everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of the podcast. My name is Richard Bryant, and I am your host. It's May 5th, 2020. This is the Corona Chronicles, Day 54. Here are today's news and notes. Starting internationally, our first story comes from India. This was posted by Vikram Fukan of The Theatre Times, titled How to Support the Arts During a Pandemic. Steadily gathering supporters online is a crowdfunding campaign that trains its specific energies on the frequently overlooked segment of India's vast marginalized populace artists, and artisans who tenaciously keep alive cultural traditions and practices in the performing arts. The coronavirus outbreak and subsequent nationwide lockdown swiftly brought the curtains down on live performances and cultural offerings everywhere, putting paid to what was already a tenuous means of livelihood for many. Dubbed Assistance for Disaster-Affected Artists, or ADAA, the fund is spearheaded by a small group of concerned individuals associated with the arts. They include prominent musicians, Shubha Mugdal and Anish Pradhan, cultural practitioners, Arundhati Ghosh and Samira Jingar, actor and entrepreneur, Rahul Vora, and casting coordinator, Mona Irani. Simple approach. On the funding platform, Our Democracy, ADAA's campaign note reads, many freelance artists face the uncertainty of when and how they will be able to earn again. With no savings, meager resources, and in in many cases, several dependents, the coming months present a bleak future for them. The modus operandi is simple. The target amount of 35 lakhs will provide over 100 families of individuals working in performing arts with a monthly assistance of 5,000 for the next six months to cover costs of basic rations and provisions. Ten arts organizations from across the country will select the beneficiaries, and the money will be transferred to individual bank accounts by a public charitable trust. The Indian Writers Forum will details of beneficiaries made available to donors on request. At the time of going to press, ADAA had already raised more than 16 lakhs midway through its funding drive. In picking out the on-ground cultural organizations from 10 states that it has decided to partner with, ADAA has spread the net wide to include groups with a proven record of grassroots outreach. They are also culturally diverse in terms of their arts focus. For instance, the Rajasthan-based Pishan Lok Sangit Sanstan is a training center for folk musicians like the Manganiras of Barmir, who quarantine audiences experienced in their full glory in Royston Abel's The Manganiar Seduction, streamed recently as part of the NCPA at-home digital initiative. Pinshan have already begun raising funds and distributing provisions independently. Uttar Pradesh's Sanatkada Trust is a cultural center that doubles up as a traditional crafts and textiles outlet in Old World Kaiserbag, in the very heart of Lucknow. The Delhi-based Sarti operates under the tagline, Friends of Artists in Need. Mudgal, Shabana Azmi, and Sanja Kapoor are among the nonprofit's many founders' members. Imphal Takis of Manipur and Maharashtra's Yalgal Sanskritic Monk are politically aware acts that powerfully use music and poetry to fuel resistance culture, while West Bengal's Yana Sanskriti 
uses Augusta Boal's Theater of the Oppressed Methodologies to ignite change and agency in rural communities. The other groups include Telangana's Nirjani Academy, an institute for classical dance, and radical theater outfits Samudaya of Karnataka and Shanai Kalai Kuzu. Socially Aware Our democracy is certainly an appropriately socially conscious platform for ADAA, geared as it is towards raising funds for journalists, political activists, and changemakers, and building online communities to amplify campaigns for social change. At this point in time, more than two dozen campaigns dealing with COVID-19 relief efforts are running concurrently on its website. Apart from ADAA, campaign owners are raising funds to assist daily wage workers, waste collectors, and transgender communities to set up food kittens or procure protective equipment for health professionals. Collectively, more than two crore and counting has already been raised by such campaigns. Internationally, too, economic disruptions in the arts are being met with concerted efforts to keep the task force afloat during these taxing times. The Artist Relief Fund in the United States has, via a consortium of nonprofits, put together $10 million for artists in throes of dire financial emergencies due to the pandemic. In the United Kingdom, Arts Council England has launched a £160 million emergency fund for museums, artists, and galleries during the coronavirus crisis. There's also the Fleabag Support Fund, whereby a portion of the proceeds from digital downloads of Phoebe Waller-Bridge's acclaimed one-woman show Fleabag will go towards freelancers working in the UK theatre industry. While these funds are focused on sustenance, the Culture and Quarantine Fund, a new commissioning strand from BBC Arts, will enable artists on any discipline to produce work in creative media, video, audio, and interactive under self-isolation principles. This article originally was posted at thehindu.com. Page 2. From the pages of Variety, UK casting directors guild calls on film and TV industries to safeguard theatre. This article was written by Manori Ravindran. The UK's casting directors guild has called on the local film and TV industry to safeguard the theatre sector as it weathers the blistering impact of COVID-19. Members of the independent guild span all three sectors, but the organization has said film and TV production companies are better positioned to support theater's talent pool with a range of financial and creative partnerships as the industry looks to get back on its feet post-coronavirus. Speaking to Variety, CDG member Andy Brealy says, the reality is theaters will have to close and theater practitioners will be left without being paid. What we love is to encourage the film and TV part of the industry, which is traditionally a more affluent part of the sector, to say, what can we do to help? The casting director adds, it's not about trying to tell film and TV, here are the five things you can do to help theaters survive COVID-19. It's about encouraging an open dialogue between the two halves of the industry. So if there is something theaters need, then TV and film can step up and say, can we pay for a young writer's scheme? Can we keep the wheels of talent turning? CDG member Sophie Perrault highlighted that film and TV and the theater world have a very symbiotic relationship in the UK. Our success lies in the unity between those different genres, she says. Some of the country's most global-facing names, such as Fleabag creator Phoebe Waller-Bridge, 1917 director Sam Mendes, and 12 Years a Slave actor Shiwatel Ejufor, came from theater backgrounds. Put simply, 
television comedy, for example, would be forever changed without, uh, without the Edinburgh Fringe. Lead actors in studio films would never have been discovered without the bold experimentation of affiliate theaters, and celebrated screenwriters would have gone unnurtured without their local theaters' new writing schemes, says the CG in a statement. UK's theater sector has been paralyzed for close to two months, having first closed the week on March 16th. On Tuesday, Industry Org Society of London Theater, SOLT, revealed that the shutdown will remain in place until June 28th and could be extended. It is likely the country's theater venues will open at different times once lockdown restrictions are eased. Leading theater producer Cameron McIntosh told the BBC on Sunday that the West End may not be able to stage major musicals until early next year. From our friends at What's On Stage... Complicites, the encounter starring Simon McBurney to be streamlined for free online. The award-winning show will be available later this month. This article was presented by Alex Wood. Complicites, award-winning show, The Encounter, is being streamed for free later this month. Inspired by Petru Popescu's novel Amazon Beaming, the piece is co-directed by Simon McBurney and Christy Housley and performed by McBurney. It has associate direction by Jemima James, designed by Michael Levine, sound design by Gareth Fry with Peter Malkin, lighting by Paul Anderson, and projection by Will Duke. The piece, which had its world premiere at the Edinburgh International Festival in August 2015, is co-produced with the Barbican, Edinburgh International Festival, Onassis Cultural Center, Athens, Shabuna Berlin, Teatra Vidi Lausanne, and Warwick Arts Center. It will be available from May 15th to the 22nd, 2020. Audiences will need to wear headphones to experience the piece's been oral sound design, which doesn't work via speakers. McBurney said, we, we are, as a consequence of this pandemic, bodily cut off from one another, disconnected, isolated. But perhaps this sense of our separation one from another is simply a heightening of what we left, felt before this all began. We are thinking now not only about how long this will last, but also what happens on the other side. To reconnect, we need, perhaps, to learn to listen more closely. The show, co-presented with The Space, will be available on Complicite's website and YouTube channel. Page 3. From our friends at Stage Directions, In One, the podcast, episode number 97, Quarantine Happy Hour number five. This was presented by Corey Paddock. We're back this week with another Quarantine Happy Hour featuring scenic designer Mike Carnahan, production designers Rob Bissinger and Anita Lascala, scenic designer Danielle Wurl, costume designer Paloma Young, and lighting designers Jeff Kreuter and Jen Shriver. After checking in as to how everyone is doing at the end of week seven, the group dives in to discuss what kind of work is appropriate to do before a contract, how people are engaging with future work. They discuss the newly released Barrington stage plan for their summer shows and whether everyone is having crazy dreams. Paloma tells us how the pandemic threw a wrench in her wedding plans. Mike recounts getting the last flight out of Brazil in March. Dan Danielle explains how she's essentially been preparing for quarantine her entire life. There are surprise appearances from babies and dogs, and Rob shares details on a secret hobby, and Jeff brings a really big bottle of gin. 
from our friends at Playbill.com. It was announced that Michael R. Jackson's A Strange Loop won the 2020 Pulitzer Prize for Drama. This was presented by Ryan McPhee and Olivia Clement. The musical premiered at Off-Broadway's Playwrights Horizons last year. Michael R. Jackson has been named the winner of the 2020 Pulitzer Prize for Drama for his musical, A Strange Loop. The semi-autobiographical piece is the 10th musical to receive the distinction, following Hamilton, Next to Normal, Rent, Sunday in the Park with George, A Chorus Line, How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, Fiorello, South Pacific, and Of Thee I Sing. A Strange Loop made its world premiere last year at Broadway's Off-Broadway's Playwrights Horizons in a co-production with Page 73. The musical, inspired by Jackson's own experiences, follows a young artist at war with a host of demons, not least of which are the punishing thoughts in his own head, in an attempt to capture and understand his own strange loop. Directed by Stephen Brackett, with chore choreography by Raja Feather Kelly, A Strange Loop played an acclaimed extended run at Playwrights from May 24th through July 7th, 2019. In addition to the Pulitzer, the musical was named the best musical of the 2019-2020 season by the New York Drama Critics Circle and was nominated for the Lucille Lortel Award for Outstanding Musical, winning two Lucille Lortel Awards for actors Larry Owens and John Andrew Morrison. The production also recently earned six Drama Desk Award nominations. Following its world premiere off-Broadway, our strange loop is scheduled to play at DC's Woolly Mammoth Theater in the fall. The original cast album is now available from Yellow Sound Label. Two finalists were announced in the 2020 Pulitzer Prize for Drama category. Will Arbery's Heroes of the Fourth Turning, which also premiered at Playwrights for Horizon, and Soft Power, another semi-autobiographical musical by playwright Denry David Henry Huang and composer Jeannie Tesori. Additional 2020 recipients include composer Anthony Davis, and librettist Richard Wisley for their opera The Central Park Five, about five young men of color wrongfully convicted of rape in 1989. The announcement ceremony was originally scheduled for April 20th before being moved to May 4th in light of the coronavirus pandemic. Winners and finalists were determined via virtual deliberations on Zoom. The awards luncheon, typically held in May, has also been pushed to the fall. The Pulitzer Prize, honoring journalism, letters, and music, in addition to drama, comes with a $15,000 cash reward. Last year's recipients included Jackie S Sibley's Drury for her play, Fairview. In other news, from our friends at USITT, today was Giving Tuesday Now, and the Wingspace Theatrical Design Relief Fund needs your help. Wingspace, in partnership with Notch Theatre Company, has launched the Wingspace Relief Fund to provide rapid relief microgrants to New York City-based designers and dramaturgs experiencing financial hardship due to COVID-19. Wingspan and Notch have raised over $40,000 in given aid to 100-plus applicants, but needs to raise another $8,000 to meet the needs of everyone who has applied. On Tuesday, May 5th, all donations will be matched up to $4,000. Even a modest Donation to the fund can mean a phone bill paid, groceries purchased, or at the very least a welcome relief from the emotional and mental strain of this difficult time. They have a GoFundMe campaign, which you can find, and all donations are tax deductible. Also from our friends at USITT, 
To kick off the week in their series of posts dedicated to designers whose productions were canceled or postponed due to the global COVID-19 pandemic, they are featuring the work of Matthew Carlson. Matthew is a recent graduate of the Oakland University School of Music, Theater, and Dance, and was the costume designer for the school's production of Cabaret by Kander and Ebb. Here's how Matthew described his designs. I wanted to emphasize the contrast in the two different realities that Sally Bowles lives in. I drew inspiration from the bright and colorful art produced in Berlin during the Weimar years to create the carefree, exciting world of cabaret life, with the Nazi party rising to power throughout the show. I drew the color inspiration from Nazi propaganda to create the slow, dulling Berlin outside of the Kit Kat Club. The finale of the show recognizes every individual group that was affected or oppressed during the Holocaust, ending the show with an overwhelming and strong visual message for the audience to leave, to leave with. To check out Matthew's work, please visit USITT's Facebook page or many of their other social media platforms. Also from USITT, in their latest edition of Technically Speaking, USITT's official podcast, content specialist Jen Sharon talked with this year's Herbert D. Gregg's award winner in the honors category, Caitlin Garrity. A product of two years of research, Caitlin's winning article, Building a Better Workplace, highlights the negative experiences of women in their industry workspaces and how specific issues such as discrimination, gender-based harassment, and lack of support for families are forcing women to leave the industry. The question Caitlin set out to answer through her research was not how do we attract women to work in theater, but rather how do we keep women working in theater? You can listen now on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. In other news, USITT sadly shares the news of the death of Mr. Pete Hepp. Pete was the principal theatrical system designer for Walt Disney Imagineering for almost 20 years. He provided theater consulting and design for the parks all over the world. He was an active member of USITT and the ESTA Standards Working Groups. Pete was a proud member of USITT and will be missed. He was also named a USITT Fellow. You can check the May 2008 edition of Sightlines for information about his ascension to USITT Fellow. One last note from, from another installment in their series of posts from designers whose shows were canceled due to the global COVID-19 pandemic, to another artist submission was came from the team that designed the Carnegie Mellon University's production of Desdemona's Child. Featured in the post are light plots and magic sheets by Mitchell Yakubka, scenic design renderings from Antonio Ferron, sound design draftings from William N. Lowe, and costume designs from Jean-Luc de la Durante. Here is a dramaturgy blur for the show provided by Mitchell Yakubka. Desdemona's Child deals with legacy the legacy of the names Desdemona, Othello, and Iago in our culture, the legacy of trauma in a young adult's life, the legacy of tragedy in a barely recovered town, the legacy of institutionalized racism ongoing today. Our hope is that you see the parallels between the unassuming town of Wiley's Bend and our political and global situation. For more information on the show and the team who are involved in the creation, you can visit desdemonaschild.wigsite.com slash Desi. That's Desmond Desdemona's child dot slash Desi. Or 
As always, you can check out USITT's Facebook page for information and links provided. You can also look at their various social media platforms as well. To conclude today's news and notes, I want to say thank you to everyone involved with the Canon Theater Project, Canon of Technical Theater History Project. The Archiving Technical Theater has started on a new journey as not, as not only as a participant in the project, but a resource for the Canon of Technical Theater History Project. We will be having students from eight schools across Europe who will be tackling, tackling various research projects. Schools represented come from countries such as Germany, Spain, particularly Barcelona or Barcelona Terrassa, Madrid, Rasad, Sweden, England, Italy, specifically Rome, and Belgium. We are going to be learning alongside with them and do our best to guide and encourage them on their way. I'd like to extend a thank you to everyone for being a part of this, and I look forward to working with all of you. I am humbled and grateful for this opportunity, and I hope and I know that we are going to have the best project ever as we go along. If you'd like to learn more about the Canon project, you can visit www.canon-timeline.eu. Again, that's www.canon-timeline.eu. You can also visit the Archiving Technical Theater History Facebook page, join us, and find out all this wonderful information, as well as follow our journey along with the students and teachers on this project. Before I conclude tonight's podcast, I once again want to extend my gratitude to the members of our armed services, to our healthcare workers, our nurses, and doctors. The first responders, the police, fire, and emergency service officers around the world. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please join me in continuing to support these women and men as they face this near impossible task of saving lives in the face of such great adversity. Please support your local food bank and shelters. If possible, donate blood at one of your local Red Crosses. Be sure to check in on the elderly and support those who have special needs. Reach out to a friend and help not only make their day, but also improve your own. In honor of Cinco de Mayo, I would like to conclude today's podcast with a quote from painter and icon Frida Kahlo. She said, I used to think I was the strangest person in the world, but then I thought, there are so many people in the world. There must be someone just like me who feels bizarre and flawed in the same ways I do. I would imagine her and imagine that she must be out there thinking of me too. Well, I hope that if you are out there and read this and know that, yes, it's true, I'm here and I'm just as strange as you. My name is Richard Bryant and I have been your host. It's May 5th, 2020. This has been the Corona Chronicles, Day 54. Thank you for listening, and always be sure to take care, be well, and have a good night.
If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions on how to make this podcast better, please send them to archivett24 at yahoo.com. Again, that's archivett24 at yahoo.com.